1: Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN.
2: This episode of The Guilty Feminist is dedicated to the comedy legend Victoria Wood. We tragically recently lost her, and we will miss her forever. She was uncompromisingly female, universally understood and widely loved. Without her, I can honestly say I probably would not be daring to do comedy, and I'm sure many of our Guilty Feminist guests feel the same. We love you, Victoria, and we'll try to make sure it's always on the trolley. I'm a feminist, But when I was looking for my birth mother, I had to call the Australian government department because that's where I was born. And the woman who took my call told me she couldn't tell me my mother's first name over the phone because it was so unusual as to be identifying. And I thought, oh wow, my birth mother is Germaine Greer. (laughs) And then I thought, huh. I'll be a naturally brilliant feminist then, like it was an inherited title, like royalty or something.
3: I'm a feminist, but when someone mentioned all-female swimming pools, my first thought was, are there also all-male swimming pools, and how do I accidentally walk into one? (laughs) (laughs) Are there all-male swimming pools? Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm in the wrong.
2: (laughs) I'm a feminist, but today I saw a mug that read, this is what a feminist looks like, and I thought, what? A mug? (laughs) Nice. I get that on a T-shirt, but on a mug? That is offensive. (laughs) Might as well put it on a dildo.
3: I'm a feminist, but once when trying to get a woman to kiss me in a bar i used the following pickup lines you know i can just sense that you've traveled (laughs) you're not like the other girls you know what all men have that i don't hair on their backs
2: (laughs) well now i feel cheap I'm a feminist, but I honestly fear that if I met John Hamm in a dark bar in LA and we started chatting and he seemed really sad and lonely and he told me he'd bought a new house, but it wasn't a home
4: because he was alone
2: now and he asked me to come back and help him decide on curtain fabric and when I got there, the curtains he needed were in the bedroom and the electricity wasn't on yet <laughs> and he had to light candles and the fridge wasn't working yet so we, we had to drink whiskey like in madmen
4: <laughs> <laughs>
2: and one thing led to shagging <laughs> and he was on top of me and just about to enter me and i said why did you break up with your girlfriend <laughs> And he said, oh, you know, because she became a feminist. I'd say, oh, sure, I get it. Keep, keep going.
4: <laughs>
2: I, I know I would. And I'm so ashamed. I don't think John Hamm would say that, though. I don't think he would say it. He wouldn't. He wouldn't in a million years. But if he did, I think all of
3: you are going no, 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 no. <laughs> He'd not he, break my if, fantasy. But
2: if he did, it would be really hard at that point for me to go. I mean, I don't know why am I asking him at that point? Why he break up with his girlfriend? It's breaking the mood. I am a feminist, but
3: I have more than twice. EMERGENCY SHAVED MY LEGS IN A pub BATHROOM <laughs> BECAUSE SOMEONE
2: AT THE BAR SMILED AT ME.
4: <laughs>
2: like in a sitcom, where you go and you have to... I've seen yes, it Yes, except
3: It's My Life. <laughs> Live from Museum of Comedy in London, the spontaneous show is to the filter feminist with Sophie Hagen and Deborah Francis-White and tonight's special guest, Margaret
2: K. Brown-Smith, talking about representation. The Guilty Feminist, the podcast in which we explore our noble goals as feminists and our hypocrisies and insecurities which undermine them. What was your challenge this week, Sophie? I, so I looked into, oh, I'm
3: already beginning this with a lie, I, wa- I was going to look into the fields with the fewest like, percentage of the, the least, where there were lots of men and not that many women in work fields. Well, one thing led to another, and there was a lot of good stuff on TV. So what I did was, (laughs) last night, very late, I became an ordained minister online (laughs) to balance it out. Because right there there are more... yeah, M- many more. Men historically priests. especially, yeah. Yeah, right. So I thought I'll balance it so out. So you did
2: a Joey from Friends and became <laughs> yeah. an ordained master. I'm now ordained. <laughs> so we would encourage all guilty feminists to do that to balance up the numbers. Yeah,
3: that's what I exactly why I did it to 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 do that. It's a feminist action. <laughs> I don't know. It was it's a weird one uh, because um I was, I've was been very busy, you know, being one of the very few women in a male-dominated field to, <clears throat> to do, <laughs> I know that's not an excuse, because you are too, Deborah. Um, no, I, I thought it would be funny. Yeah. I think it's
2: funny that yeah. I'm now a I minister. I love that you're a vicar, and I look forward to buying you a dog collar. Wait, what? <laughs> so you like are like a vicar with a dog collar. You could be like, you know. Oh, like the, a
3: priest thingy. Yeah. Oh, that's called a dog
2: collar. <laughs> English idiom always getting in the way. Um, I'm, I'm not sure yeah. what your priests do I realise how much I speak in idiom when I talk to you. Do. What do you mean you're buying me a dog collar to go to a party? <laughs> what a bitchy thing to say. <laughs> I'm
3: like I'm fine with it, but I need to know why you're saying
2: it. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it Sophie Hagan.
3: Because there's not that many women in comedy or like the the percentage isn't that big and I It's a problem because no the the male experience becomes like the 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 one we all the general experience becomes like the main thing And I was once in a uh, in a pub with my I think five or six male comedians my friends my colleagues they were talking and they were saying man things like I saw a boob (laughs) (laughs) And its size was not good Oh, Oh, I saw a butt, and the butt was too big, and also once I felt a vagina, I felt it was too big too, you know, the way they they spoke, and... (laughs) And I was, back then, I wasn't really into feminism, I didn't really know, and I just kind of nodded and assumed that, oh, I don't know anything about these topics, and I kind of feel like maybe you shouldn't talk about women's bodies when I'm right here, but at the same time, you know, oh, what a girl gotta do to be part of the gang, right? Like, they all book the shows, I can't be like, excuse me, feminism, because then I will never work in comedy again. Then one of them said, about a mutual friend of ours, they said, did you know that his penis, like, he told me his penis size, and it's huge! Our mutual friend's penis is huge and i said oh <laughs> not like that but i said how like how, how big is huge and they said uh 17 centimeters so the the average size penis is a bit under that so i said 17 centimeters it's not huge like it's not like statistic it's not like huge would be 30. Like, that's huge. That's a huge... Like, you're using the word huge. But 17 is only slightly bigger than the average. So it's big. It's not huge. So there was a shift in the tone. And suddenly we were not laughing. These six men looked at me with disgust. And one of them said, how can you say something like that? I said no. I'm just saying it's not huge. I'm not. It, it's not. That doesn't make it a good or a bad penis. I'm just saying this is a bit bigger than the average size. One of them said, "Do you not consider our feelings." Oh. <laughs> I know, I don't, I'm just considering you're, you're terrible at math, like this is not, why would you call that, one of them left, one of them got up, and I was laughing as he was leaving because I thought that's a funny joke, you're pretending to, to be overly emotional about this thing, which is hilarious because if anyone should have left, it should have been me when you were talking about asses and stomachs and butts and vaginas that should be a certain size, and he left, he never came back. <laughs> I was shocked that I all of a sudden the whole the tables had turned. I was sitting there and I had to accept that was part of their banter, that that was part of the thing, that I should sit and listen and laugh whenever they said their vagina was. Too, I would, I just don't see that with women. I've never sat with a group of women and just been like, "Ooh, oh, you know my friend Caroline, <sighs> she's like." She has like the tightest vagina. She's only like th- three fingers tight. <laughs> She's so tight. And of any one of them have been, well, actually most women are like two, two fingers tight. So I wouldn't be like, you bastard. Yeah. She does have the tightest vagina I've ever heard of. You absolute prick. <laughs> I have to be honest with you. I, that last bit I didn't plan on saying. <laughs> but now I'm keeping it in. Uh, (laughs) Thank you. So I have now made religion more feminist. What
2: have you done? (laughs) Well, I work in comedy, and I find it very frustrating when I watch the television. I mean, in general, across the board. Um, I was sitting recently with a friend of mine outside a cafe, and a bus went by, and there were... Um, it was an advertisement for a movie, and there were four men and one woman with her mouth open looking like she was about to give a blowjob. That was the poster. And I looked at my friend and went, him, is that the world you live in? Where Wherever you are, mostly the ratio is four men to one woman about to give a blowjob. Yeah. And she went, no. And I said, if I got on that bus and there was only men on that bus and one woman with her mouth open about to give a blowjob, I'd be really surprised, probably because that woman would be me. Um, <laughs> Like, I'd be like, maybe I'm, I'm so surprised my mouth's open and that's why it looks like that, way. I don't know. But it just, it frustrates me. And one night I was watching a comedy panel show where um, there were five white, straight, middle-class men and they were all talking about how women go to the loo and how they use more loo paper and they should create a vibrating seat. And, and I was just like, there was no woman there to speak about how we go to the loo. I don't want to pay my licence fee to watch men talk about how I go to the loo because it's the 21st fucking century. Yeah. So i would had an idea for a show for a while called Global Pillage. And Global Pillage is, uh, it's about diversity. It's about the way human beings uh, operate around the world. So it's about customs. It's about idiom, like dog collar. <laughs> it's a comedy panel show. And we did the first one on Sunday. I just basically rang up some friends who were comedians. The first four people i phoned were women. So I just thought, right, we're just going with the first one is all female. So we put it on and it was so much fun. It was so much fun. And in fact, I have a a clip from it that we can play so you can hear a bit of how it went. The idea of the show is that uh, in Global Pillage... Uh, We pillage customs and cultures from around the world. What we're looking at here is diversity, how diverse human beings really are. The question I'm really bringing to you is, are we all white straight men? (laughs) And the answer I've conclusively discovered is no, we're not. (laughs) Uh, So what else could we be as human beings? In Germany, if you are not married by 30, what will your friends make you do? my many? Invade Poland. <laughs> uh, if, you were to, if you're not married, to, you're Mississippi, Mississippi, Mississippi Sala, do you have an answer? What will they make you do? Something to do with like a dundel. A dundel. A dundel. Am I saying the wrong like word? I don't know. Put on a dundel or a lederhosen. Okay. Yeah. And what do you I'm think gonna... it? Uh, invade Poland? Put on a dirtle or a lederhosen or something else? <laughs> um,
5: what is it? Um, they put stuff in front of the
2: uh, city hall and you have to clean it. With a groom? Yeah, with a groom. Okay, you, you seem to know, know a lot about room. it. <laughs> 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 like, yeah. Okay, you do like it genuine? take very long. Where, is, where are, you <laughs> are you from? Are you from Germany? Yeah. Oh. Oh. <laughs> audience, audience, audience. Uh, it, what I've got here is they make you polish their doorknobs. Oh.
4: Oh. <laughs> 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 Genuinely, like in Germany. Time. Will they
2: still make you do that? Yeah. No. Oh, oh, no! They make you do that!
4: What would, well, none of my friends have done that. Yeah. Oh, of course, they make me do that. Leonard would definitely make me do that. Oh, <laughs> my Leonard? Leonard! Oh, Leonard. Leonard. <laughs> Leonard? Is it like a government thing, like on your 30th birthday, they're like not
2: single?
4: No, it depends
3: on
2: yourself, friends. my friends don't do that. Yeah, my friends <laughs> are very mean, so they would do that. But even now when people don't really get married? But there must be a lot of everything. Yes. The city hall must it's be very clean now. The so I'm very clean. grateful for that, because then they're just... <laughs> <in my laughs> people are fantastic cleaning everywhere, so you know. So, maybe Britain should take some, instead of clean for the Queen, <laughs> we, should make, we should just make single people. Just remind... T- anyone on Tinder? Right, get on the lead. Swipe let's work. You're so good at swiping. Yeah. So <laughs> swiping the door. So, what we've <laughs> discovered here is that while comedians are funnier than regular people, regular people are cleverer than comedians. (laughs) Okay, so that's a little bit of um, Global Pillage. And we found it was as funny as any other panel show, but it was important that we had diversity because, like, for example, Bish Ali and Jessamine Stanley were on one team. At one point, I asked a question about a customer in Pakistan, and Bish's family's from Pakistan, and she said, well, my dad always did this, and I said, I'm sorry, that's not the right answer, and she was like, well, I think I should just get a point for being Pakistani, and I was like, I'm not giving points because people are Pakistani. She said, yeah, nobody is. LAUGHTER This is so charming and so delightful. And we did a lot of stuff about idioms. Like in Japan, they say, you've got a cat on your head. What's the equivalent in English? And it was uh, a wolf and sheep's clothing. And Tiffany Stevenson was like, that's not a wolf and sheep's clothing. That's just a cat on your head, everyone would say. And the audience so many times the audience knew because high fine because diversity works so we're going to do a season of them so we have four recordings on may 14th 15th 28th and 29th i've just put it out today and i have never had a response from comedians like it everyone got back inside an hour and said fuck yes we want to do this so on the 14th felicity ward's doing it on the 15th sarah pascoe's doing it on the 28th sophie Hagen's doing it Woo! and on the 29th Nish Kumar is doing it please come along there's lots of other people doing it too oh, good. Uh, yeah not just them it's just me on their discussing
3: own. idioms with myself yeah uh
2: but I'm just shouting out some names you might know Sarah Bonetto is going to be a series regular um, I've been hoping to get Tiffany Stevenson back as well she was fantastic the other week basically the only man I've booked so far I've nearly booked out the whole show the only man I've booked is Nish Kumar it's so exciting I really hope it's as successful as this podcast but
3: what have you done for the priesthood <laughs>
2: I mean, that's all very fine, but Yeah, it's true I have done very little But you know, I am becoming a marriage celebrant Because I married my friends, God, but f- not legally I'm so sorry <laughs> I'm becoming an actual marriage celebrant Now, welcome to the stage, Deborah Frances White <laughs> So, representation. You may have noticed uh, there are no women on the telly. If you were an alien in space, watching television, trying to learn about the human race, you would make an assumption, wouldn't you, especially if you're watching comedy panel shows, that 98.5% of the human race were white straight men. That would be a reasonable assumption. And then there were some strange outliers that were allowed to sit and look on and laugh at those men's jokes. Occasionally punctuating. That would be a reasonable assumption. Now, here's the reality, though. Women are over 50% of the population. And of men, there are men of colour and LGBT. So, white straight men are a minority. (laughs) That's actually a fact. (laughs) it's great that that minority is given so much airtime. No, that's lovely, because they are a minority. And it's important to put minorities on the television. But maybe sometimes it would also be nice to perhaps have people on the television that reflected the whole audience. Like, like this audience here at the Guilty Feminist. The majority. It would be nice if the majority were allowed on television. But the, when you ask people who, who make comedy panel shows, why are there not more women? They always say the same thing. They say, we can't find any funny women. We, we've looked, we can't find them. There just aren't enough in the industry. We can't find them. And, and, and you ask them, like, where, where, where are you looking? And they say, at each other. <laughs> <laughs> We're looking at each other. And uh, we've looked around this room where all the funny people are and there, there are no women here. And you go, right, um, I, are you sure you shouldn't look outside this room? And they go, no, no, we're pretty sure all the funny people are in this room. And if there were any funny women, they would have got into this room. I mean, I think that's quite clear. (laughs) Are you sure you shouldn't check that the doors aren't locked with an enormous (laughs) grimy, fucking bolt? And and there are bouncers outside. No, we're we're pretty sure the doors are open if you try and open them. And we haven't checked, but we're fairly sure that the doors are open. And we're fairly sure all the funny people are in here. And if there were any more funny women, we would be able to see them. I tuned in to a comedy panel show not long ago, and there were three men on one side of the panel Um, and then there was a man who was hosting and then there were two men and all of those people were comedians and then there was one woman and that one woman was entrepreneur deborah meaden from dragon's den now i'm not saying that i'm the funniest comedian in the world but of the two deborahs i can take her And after that show, I saw people on Twitter saying, "Mm, see, women aren't as funny as men. No, what we've learned there is entrepreneurs are not as funny as comedians. (laughs) And, And even when a female comedian is allowed on one of those shows, you're not watching what you think you're watching. Look, let me ask you this question. When are you funnier? In the pub with your best mates or on a job interview? Because that's what you're watching. You're watching four, five, six guys sitting around in their local, feet under the table, nice and safe, point in hand, going, a, 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 and one woman on a job interview. But it's a very special job interview. It's not a normal job interview. It's a very high-pressure job interview because of this. Uh, what do you do? A you're a teacher. And what's your name? Emma. Emma. OK, so Emma, it's like this. It's like going up for a job as a school teacher, but they're not just going to decide whether you should get this job as a school teacher, they're going to decide if you should ever teach again. And what's more, they're going to decide if all the people in the world called Emma should ever teach again. Thank you very much.
0: Here's a cool fact.
1: That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN.
2: Listen, I love straight white men. It is not, and I need to be very clear, and I want this kept in the edit, it is not, some of my favourite comedians are straight white men, and I also, I'm,
4: I... <laughs> just we I'm just
2: married... Don't have, it's not, no one's going to be... Uh, like pancakes, you love pancakes, but you couldn't have them every... Well, actually... <laughs> Shall we bring on our guest?
3: Wait. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I can't think of a thing, single thing I wouldn't eat every day. Uh, so... <laughs> <laughs> now, nope. Please welcome our amazing guest, Margaret Capon smith <clears throat>
5: Hi. Hello. I'm in heels. Is that bad? Oh, That's no. That's a bit yeah. guilty feminist, isn't it? No,
2: not at all. I love heels. I love heels. I love lipstick. I love... I'm, I'm currently wearing a very dangerous miniskirt.
5: <laughs> yeah, I've noticed. I was in the front row. Oh, is,
2: is it too dangerous?
5: Yeah, I mean, I've seen your vagina. It's fine. Have you? <laughs> No, 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 Tell us your view on representation. I mean, I, I suppose the, the thing that I can say straight away is uh, I can out myself as being behind the uh, men-to-women ratio on Twitter. Um, I mean, I can out myself quite... It, it's not a huge thing, but it's a um, it's thing that I, I started up because it probably was around the time that Danny Cohen, who is uh, Lord High Executioner or something at the BBC, I can't keep track of... <laughs> What, what what their titles are um, uh, said that there should be at least one woman per panel show. If we'd said two, I'd have found that quite exciting because actually, as you say, you have two women on a panel in a room or whatever. It does it changes things. You know, it, it, you're not you, the representative of your gender and mm. you know doing that job interview. And thing.
3: You're also the host of, which is quite important. You're the host of um, uh, do the, right, do the thing. right thing. I'm not the
5: host. There's a, a female host and I am the team captain. The idea of men-to-women ratio is, is not that it's a judgmental thing. I'm judgmental. But the, uh, <laughs> the, the, the thing itself is, is just saying this is how it is. It's just an awareness thing. Of just sort of going, okay, I'm, you know, I, I follow loads of, of panel shows of TV account. shows. It's a Twitter account, yeah. yeah. Uh, 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 TV shows, films, plays, you know, whatever. And just and photos, even. It's so going, this is how many men there are in this photo. This is how many women there are. And you just start to realise... I mean, it's ruined my life, to be honest. Yeah, to <laughs> well, a bit. I mean, it, yeah, because... And it started, so my husband was like, hey, you know, there's hardly ever any films that we, that we both want to see. He said, what about Hail Caesar? And I was like, eh, six one. And it's like, fuck's sake!
2: Fuck's sake! I was
5: like, I know, but I'm not. I don't want to do this. But when you start to
2: notice it, the thing that really alienated me recently, and we don't normally sort of name names on the show, but it's this Hollywood oh, film. fucking
5: name names! God's it's, sake! It,
2: did anyone go and see The Big Short? Yeah. Okay. So I was very excited about The Big Short because it explains the financial crisis, and I just love that kind of thing. I love a fast-paced caper, and it's about guys, and you know let's be clear, men were responsible for what happened, so I don't want them to be replaced by women at the last minute. But it got to a point, it it was a stylistic choice to say, some of it's a bit boring because it's basically arithmetic, uh, it's maths, so uh, we're going to find fun ways of explaining it. So at some point the voiceover says, this is a bit boring, so we're going to have Margot Robbie in a bubble bath, explain it to you. So we cut to Margot Robbie in a bubble bath with a glass of champagne, explaining the complex arithmetical forces at work. (laughs) And I immediately was just like, oh, oh, okay, so... I'm a straight woman, and let me be very clear, I do not think this was to include lesbians. <laughs> I don't think they went, oh, we, we haven't included lesbians enough yeah. in this scenario. <laughs> this, was, this was so clearly for straight men. And then they said, now we're going to cut to Anthony Bourdain to explain something else boring. And I thought, oh, oh Anthony Bourdain's going to be in a sauna or a, a jacuzzi or a shower or something. Oh, I get it. No, Anthony Bourdain's fully clothed in a kitchen, and he's explaining things through carrots or something. And I went oh okay so when the famous man comes on he's fully clothed and I was just like okay so what you've assumed now is that I'm in the rom-com in the screen next door and my husband's wanted to come and see this You've assumed that men want to know how the crash happened. And I just felt totally excluded. And I was really sad because I was so excited to see this movie. And it really just I just felt myself retracting and withdrawing from this film, which in other ways was great. But it it just made me wither a little bit inside. Yeah.
5: And we've all we've all totally got, got used to this, you know, and I, I sort of realised growing up and I was a a, a comedy nerd and an indie girl and both of those things and and I stand by the things that I loved then I still I still love them but they're totally the male experience and I didn't I didn't even notice well we don't because it's all we we, you're used to filtering our own experience through the male is neutral but how damaging is it to be brought up believing you are the love interest in someone else's fucking life I mean no you're the protagonist in your own life you're the protagonist you are not supposed to be somebody's love interest and yeah i i think i did i think i did feel like that and i was you know i was brought up by liberal parents in london and i went to an all-girls school and there was never any doubt that i was going to go to university and i was giving it a load of shit about any man when i was 13 saying to some nun any man comes in between me and my career he conf- i mean i didn't have a boyfriend until i was 21 <laughs> 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 you know uh, uh, and you know, I, i'm not I, i'm not the obvious candidate for um uh, oppression sexism and whatever but you, d- you just spend of your time going no but where am i where am i i've got elastica that, um, it's not enough, is it? You That's know. what I feel like sometimes though, Margaret, because I feel it so
2: strongly, and I'm tall, I'm white, I'm Oxbridge, I'm colonial. I've got all the privilege except the penis. I'm yeah. virtually a man, and I feel like there's such an enormous gulf between me and men.
3: I, I did a, a run-through for a panel show, as, and I was the only woman, and I had to do some pretty mean jokes because it was like a roast, but I can't be mean in a roast because then I get... <laughs> they get scared <laughs> and it's that funny I get I just get really mean so I had to deliver them in a very soft way so every time I set a setup one of the guys would just do a punchline mm-hmm. cuz they felt like oh no 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 oh don't oh, worry yeah, yeah we'll take it
5: from here yeah 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 yeah,
2: yeah exactly and it but wasn't they would even steal your punchline
3: they, no they would make up their own that was worse than mine <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> and i've seen that happen when i watch panel shows that that are filmed which mine wasn't it was a run through mm-hmm. i i see female comedians say something and then the male jumps in and finishes it and no one really mentions it and you just see the
2: female comedian go okay can I ask what we do about this? Because it's so easy to complain about it. <laughs> yes, and here's I,
5: what we do. No, I don't know. I,
2: I mean, I, I, my frustration with this is I do diversity inclusion stuff for the corporate world. And the amount of money investment banks invest in trying to get, recruit, promote and retain more women is it's, you know, a huge amount. Really? Yep. Recently, I went and did a day for Bank of America. And they had put on mum's net and at other places, hey, anyone who was in finance, who's taken a career break for whatever reason and would like to come back and doesn't, it maybe feels like, oh, I don't know how it works now. I don't have the confidence. We'll put on a training day for you. And so you can just come back and see if you fancy it. It doesn't matter if you don't, but if you fancy it, just come along and do this training day. They invested thousands in this day. And I said, but most of these people will not come and work for Bank of America. And they said, no, no, no. A lot of them will go and work for other banks. We just want more women in the pool. And do you know what breaks my heart? is that I work in the arts. A lot of my friends are in theatre, I'm in comedy. It feels like there's so little investment and in what there is is quite patronising. The arts is meant to be about the human condition and half the human condition is female. And I just think when you're less moral than investment banking... <laughs> ..you need to look at yourself.
3: But that's also... Yeah. It's, it's so important... Because that comes from... <coughs> You know, we're all saying, "Oh, it's not that I want to be on it. I just think there should be women on it." And then they go, "Are you saying you're better than Frankie Boyle?" And you go, "Ah, mm, not always." Uh. <laughs> but you can't complain. It's such a hard thing to complain about because what it sounds like we're saying, "I want to be famous. I want all the money, yeah. and I want to be on your TVs." And that's not it. But that's what keeps other women from not but saying it. But I think that's
2: it. why maybe men have to advocate more, or women who are not in comedy or not in politics or whatever. Like we should advocate for each other's industries. I think.
3: But also, leaders shit like the people who run the BBC's and the channel 4 and whatever they should be the ones who go
2: should we we should do something about this but given they're not going to <laughs> what can we do cuz i take. take we'll buy the bbc <laughs> we'll chip in <laughs> Have a
3: bucket at the door. I don't
2: know. Actually, privatising the BBC won't be as popular as you think, Sophie. Um, <laughs> privatise the BBC. No, no, no. Let's do
5: it, guys. It's a terrible chant. I mean. yeah,
2: <laughs> Let's not privatise the BBC in case the gender equality issue is in our favour.
5: I got into an argument in, that, in Metro a very long time yeah. ago uh, because somebody said, I was just watching that Rhoda, Rhoda Cameron programme and it suddenly struck me there are no funny women yours sincerely you know it was, it was an insane letter and this was before the point where all female comedians were asked all the time so what do you think about the fuck off, fuck off, fuck off <laughs> is the only answer to the are women fuck off, fuck off, fuck off <laughs> sorry <laughs> and, <laughs> uh, and, I, and I responded by saying you need to get out more and I you know and I and I wasn't saying it as a funny thing it's like you need to get I don't understand how do you not know any funny women everyone I know no we all know funny women we all know unfunny men we we all do that's just knowing people isn't it (laughs) and somebody replied someone sent in a reply saying well I didn't think that was very funny uh (laughs) okay okay Uh, you know and I was I was forced to stop the correspondence yeah. in Metro, which is probably good for my own sanity, because I'd still be doing it now. Mm.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> close your eyes. Okay, just say, um, mm, if you're a woman. Mm. Say, um, mm, if you're a man. We've solved the problem. <laughs> Although the man, the men seemed very sad. <laughs> that's <laughs> how we feel. Yeah, yeah. No. Every time I, I don't want you to feel show. bad. I
5: bloody love men.
2: No, I love men too. I don't love men too. I did have a man say to me, I, they, they came along to this show, and he said I felt a bit in the minority. And I said, yeah, yeah, that's, that's okay. And he went, but I felt a bit, I didn't always feel included in the conversation. I felt, I felt it, was, it was through your... It was through your filter. And I went, Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I said that's uh uh-huh. I said, that's that's what it is. Normally we're going through your filter and this show is through our filter, so you probably will feel a bit like that and he went think you should change it to be a bit more neutral and I went but there is no neutral the neutral is normally the male and we just flip it in our heads and we're just so used to flipping it that we just don't even even think about it and he went "Mm, but I think it would be more effective if you you know to bring down the patriarchy if you made it more for men and I went I'm not not going to and he went and he went I just want it to be successful and I went it is successful and that was the end of the conversation and it but it was really interesting to me because he felt a bit outnumbered I did understand it like there was 200 people in the audience and 190 yes, it a women. but it's like yeah but it's if I go to um but it's good that he understands that
5: now you know that's uh, that's sort of what I mean is, is is yeah we just need to be a bit more aware that that's you know, I find myself translating like when there are animals, when I'm talking to my daughter, this is, I'm a feminist, but when there are animals, I go to use he when I'm talking to my daughter. Even if it's a chicken or a cow? Yeah, even mm. if it's a lioness. You know, I, 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 I go to use he and I, and I have to stop myself to the point that I do sometimes refer to my male baby as a, a she because I've I've retranslated it. That's,
3: that's yeah. probably not a good thing. Does anyone have any questions? I know that came quite suddenly, but we've run over by about half an hour. Oh no! Oh, so it's, no, it's, you. it's not you. No, it's not you.
5: Like on what you were just saying, like part of the problem that I see is that you come to things that are feminist events, and it's like preaching to the choir. That the people that come to these events already know. Um, and like, what can we do about that? Like, I go to this kind of thing quite a lot, and it's always that feminist event, and when I look around me, and I'm kind of going, "Well, yeah, everyone gets it, and that's great to be in that environment." but how do you get through to the people that actually
2: need to learn it? I think one of the great things, actually, I've enjoyed about The Guilty Feminist is how many people have said, I didn't think I was a feminist, but I listened to this and I, I think I am, or I, did, I never wanted to say I was a feminist. And I think because it's guilty, it's sort of, it's spanning. Sometimes we get very, very serious about Hungary, about representation, and sometimes we just talk about sex in the city. And I think it does...
5: Which I'd also really like to talk about at uh, length. I
3: think that's a whole episode. Then, so. It is.
2: Maybe we need to do a sex in the city bit. But I think that we we are trying to do something that sort of just crosses that divide a little bit more but i agree with you oh but i get i get people
3: suddenly i get emails from people going hello is it is it okay for me to wear makeup <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no wait what because they've heard the and they get they're confused and they Which is not, I don't give a shit. Of course, you can can do whatever you, you, that's the whole point. But (laughs) what I think this is, what I think our podcast has become is some kind of, it seems like a fun party. So people, no matter what they feel about feminism, will kind of go, oh well, It can oh, be fun. I'll just go in and, and have a look and then see, and then they'll realise it's not dangerous and we're not
5: And it's great. Can I can I just say I think it's really cool that you're saying, oh uh, I go to this sort of thing a lot. I, I don't, even though I've considered myself a feminist, you know, pretty much since I understood what it what it meant. I don't go to this sort of thing a lot. And I have to say I've really, really enjoyed it. I really enjoy being in the audience. Now we've discussed why it's successful, it probably won't be ever again. No, I would now I feel like we should sing some sort of anthem. Now, I really do it, it, feels, it feels
3: really good Like yesterday, uh, Tom was our producer Walked on the stage to prepare the audience for the show And no one clapped <laughs> and, I, and I said to Deborah, this is our people Because yeah. <laughs> I have, as a comedian, walked on stage so many times And the second they saw it was a woman They just didn't want to applaud And I thought, this is kind of nice This is, kinda nice. <laughs> this is like a nice Anything you'd like to plug anywhere? Uh, no,
5: only you? the, um, the, the podcast that I mentioned before, Do the Right Thing, and I write for Standard Issue, but who doesn't? <laughs> <laughs> All right minded people. Deborah, what do you have to, to plug to people? I'm
2: doing a tour. Deborah Francis White rolls the dice. I'm coming to a city near you. And I've also got a brand new podcast that you could come to a recording of. It's called Global Pillage and it will be in the afternoons of the 14th, 15th, 28th and 29th of May in central London. Venue to be decided, but watch out on guiltyfeminist.com and also (laughs) globalpillage.net. Sophie, what have you got?
3: I will be marrying people outside of the church. Yes. <laughs> Venue to be decided. Uh, no, I'm on uh, Twitter at Sophie Hagen, and I have a newsletter which I, in which I overshare. <laughs> 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 I, I do because I don't think anyone's going to read it, uh, and then people get back to me and go, "Stop, <laughs> stop, stop naming people you've slept with." Uh, and uh, on Hagen.com, I think slash newsletter, or just go to the website. And if you are a fan of The Guilty Feminist, uh, why not go on our Facebook group and uh, follow us there? It's a very lovely little community now. It's called The Guilty Feminist Podcast on Facebook. We are at Guilty Femme on Twitter. We just have an, uh, just got an Instagram account called at The Guilty Feminist. And if you like the show, please go to iTunes and subscribe. Five stars. A five star. A five star. <laughs> no, five Deborah, like.
5: star. Deborah, Deborah, shut up. Deborah, stop. <laughs> Deborah, Please, if you the have stop. any other stars,
1: go away.
3: <laughs> I totally agree. Please uh, give a warm round of applause for our amazing guest. <laughs> well, <think> <laughs> Guilty Feminist with Lisa his Megan and our special guest Margaret K. smith The recording engineer was Chris Schaap. The producer was Tom Solinty for the Spontaneity Show. Thanks to Johanna, Martin, David and everyone at the Museum of Comedy as well as all of you for listening. For more information about this and other episodes visit GuiltyFeminist.com because we've run over 40 minutes and that's the only that's the reason i'm in the mood i'm i'm a i'm an on time person deborah you know chill australia, australia.
2: she's on australia time yeah. genuinely she's so anal it's frightening she
3: will call a cab and then it'll arrive and she'll be like i'll just like wash my hair oh like, my
5: god no no i'm, <laughs> you. That's I'm not with you,
2: you. <laughs> that's <laughs> never <laughs> happened she is lying she's making it up She calls an Uber, right? (laughs) It says 10 minutes to go. And she she makes us stand in the freezing cold on the page. I still apologise
3: for the time it took me to get into the car.
2: (laughs) And if you'd like to come and watch Global Pillage live, the first series is recording in London in May. Go to globalpillage.net for details. Come along and represent. Hello. Jamila Jamil here. You may know me from my role in The Good Place or from She-Hulk or from social media and my activism iWay basically started as a social movement and my podcast is one of my truly greatest achievements. It's a podcast against shame and a place for us to have really honest and truly inclusive conversations. I love connecting with people. I love learning. I have a lot to learn and I'm inviting you along with me. On iWay with Jamila Jamil, I have friends, activists, specialists, and absolute heroes join me to teach me from their experience and expertise. People like Conan O'Brien, Jane Fonda, Roxanne Gay, Reese Witherspoon, Nicole Bayer, Alok, Kelly Rose, Roland and more. I Way with Jamila Jamil has new episodes out every Tuesday, and you can find the show on earwolf.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Hello, everybody. Just a very quick one about Instagram. If you're on it, Meta, the parent company, is reducing the number of political posts visible to users on their feed. This is a real thing, not a hoax. So go to your Instagram profile. Tap the three horizontal lines in the top right corner to open the settings tab. Scroll down to what you see. Click on content preferences. Open political content and turn on don't limit political content. That's an option. Otherwise, you won't see almost anything we post because we are deemed political please do that now or you won't even see the posts about our shows, our fun things. So if you want to see Guilty Feminist content and know when we're coming to a place near you, releasing a new podcast, do it now.